everyone, and welcome to the Life Redesigned Podcast, where we talk about how you grow through what you go through. Life will always bring you challenges, and I am determined to not allow your past to set your future, but rather your life this far to shape who you are as a strong, confident woman. Allow yourself and your life to be redesigned and be all that you've always dreamed of. You deserve it. The odds against me. I was talking with an old friend and mentor the other day, and when she said something that really hit home to me, she was like, it's the odds. It's like the odds have always been stacked against you, and you are going to move mountains. And I don't know, just when our conversation was finished, I started to think back through my life and realized how true this statement really was for me. So I just sat in the realization of how many times I've been, you know, knocked down, failed, how many times I've been so challenged, but then how many more times I've gotten up, stood up, and kept moving forward. So I thought I'd share a little bit of that with you today. When I was growing up, the neighborhood that we lived in had so many kids. My sister had houses to go to, friends to swim with all the time. My brothers had golf buddies. They had fighting partners every day of the week. And I literally had one friend. <laughs> I had one friend and she quickly moved out of the neighborhood because her parents got a divorce. We had met on the sidewalk in our cabbage patch pajamas. So fun. So I just quickly found out that I didn't fit in. I didn't fit in with my sister and her friends and I didn't fit in with my brother and my brothers and their friends. Growing up in this neighborhood, it was just kind of like I had a sense of not belonging anywhere that I went or just any place that I that I was. So at this time, I just kind of began to search for a place to belong. Uh, this was initially what drew me to getting involved in sports. Where I come from, cheerleading is everything. <laughs> uh, it was life. It still is life where I'm from. And I just couldn't wait until the day that I could try out for varsity and compete at the most elite level that the school offered. So I went through camps as a kid, you know, did that whole thing growing up. And after I tried out finally for varsity... My coach actually told me there was no spot on the team for me. So yeah, literally she said to me, I will allow you to quote unquote, make the team as an alternate. And what I knew that, what I knew to be true as an alternate was that as an alternate, I'd have the option to work my way onto the first string team that would take the mad at competitions if I worked hard enough. And if I could show her that I belonged. Okay. I am a self taught gymnast. I don't even think that word describes any portion of who I am. <laughs> I didn't grow up doing gymnastics. Uh, you know, we, I did not go, go to gymnastics camps. I just taught myself how to do back handsprings, taught myself how to do cartwheels by playing outside and doing different things. So I knew that this pressure and this want of what I had, it was on me. So I had a couple options. I could give up or I could decide that it was time to go to work. And that's exactly what I did. Worked my tail off, and by the end of the cheer season, I had worked my way into one of three rounds and was part of the first ever state championship team, a state championship team for the school. It was unbelievable. And then the next year, I knew that I needed to prep myself before I even tried out for varsity. So the next year, I did more camps during the summer, which I did it the year before. I cheered for, during football season while I was playing basketball. So I was practicing two, sometimes even three to four times per day. And when tryouts came, I was ready. 
So that year I made the team. I was in two rounds and I helped to drive the team to the only, to this day, the only back-to-back state championship that this school has ever won. That was 25 years ago. I can't even believe it. So after cheer season was finished, softball season began. And as a senior, I started to listen to all of my friends kind of talk about where they were going to college, you know, whether it was U of M or MSU or Arizona State, uh, you know, some of them to Davenport, Western, you know, even Notre Dame or Valpo. And I had applied to MSU and got in, but, you know, the real realization that I had and, you know, being, if I was really to be realistic with myself, I couldn't afford to go. Uh, my family couldn't afford it. And so I just, I started to get stressed out. My friends began making signs for their open houses. Everybody kind of knew, you know, where they were going. And I was sitting, I was sitting as a senior thinking, I'm stressed out. I have no idea where I'm going to go to college, but I knew that I wanted to go. So I knew that I had one last opportunity. I was in softball season and I knew a couple of my friends had gotten recruited for a local college and they, you know, kept encouraging me there, there's room, there's room, there might be a spot if you work really hard. So I did, I did just that. And sure enough, as my open house day approached, my softball stats kept climbing. So about a week before my senior open house, I got offered a scholarship to play softball at Aquinas College. And I could finally take that cool picture by that flag, you know, and stand by an Aquinas College flag. I hurried to the college, bought an Aquinas College flag and hung it up in my garage so that I knew, you know, everybody could kind of see where I was going to college. And I could finally take that picture that I knew that I deserved of where I was headed. So I remember in college, I dropped out of college after my third year, actually, I was just really realizing that college, uh, not that college, college wasn't for me. I just Again, it was that sense of, I don't belong. So to pay for the portion of college that I needed to pay for, I had to get above a 3.5 so that my my dad would pay for the rest of college that I didn't get a scholarship to. And um, I had to work to pay. I had to pay for my own books. So being on the softball team, I didn't have much time to work. So I became a cheerleading coach at a local school. I started their cheerleading program. And my first year coaching there, uh, I... A lot of the parents did not like me. <laughs> I had parents, you know, threatening certain things to me. They couldn't believe how hard we were practicing. The girls were coming home really tired. I wasn't allowing them to skip practice and still be on the team. Uh, there was all this stuff, and I had a lot of pushback. But again, where I come from, cheerleading is life, right? So I would just explain to the parents, you know, I'm here to build a winning program. I'm here to build a winning team. And sure enough, we kept working and working and working. And by the end of the season, we were regional champs. How many of you guys think any of those parents were against me then, right? So it ended up to be an amazing season. And so about year three of college, I just realized, you know, this isn't where I want to be. I don't want to coach forever. I don't want to play softball forever. So I left. I left to go to Chicago for the summer and and I ended up staying there for longer than even what I thought. And I just kind of, I got into a world of being completely irresponsible with my finances So at the young age of 23, I filed for bankruptcy. Uh, After that, I moved home. I started working in the bar scene as a server and bartender. And literally, 
shared a bank account with my dad, <laughs> uh, drove a little red car. Gosh, I wish I could remember the make and model of it, but I had to get into the passenger side door because the driver's side door wouldn't open. Like it would freeze shut in the winter. And it was funny because the security of the bar that I worked out at, at the time would always walk us to our cars. If you closed, you know, if you had a closing shift and I'd always tell them, Oh, it's okay. I can walk myself out. And I would always feel so ridiculous because they would stand there at my car and I'd have to get into the passenger side uh, because the driver's side doorknob didn't work. So that was always really, really fun. But you know what? I worked really hard. And within a couple years, despite of my bankruptcy record, uh, and really honestly, this being super unheard of at the time, because when you declare bankruptcy, you've got at least 10, at that time, you had at least 10 years before you could even, you know, have a bank account or purchase a home or anything like that. And I was a couple years in uh, after that, I purchased a condo downtown Grand Rapids and had a home of my own. Um, and yeah, that was that time I decided to enter the sales world. So I wanted to just kind of see what else was out there for me now that I was kind of getting back on my own two feet. And funny thing is the job that I wanted required a college degree. Well, remember a couple minutes back, I was telling you guys how I dropped out of college. And so I was thinking to myself, well, what am I going to do? So people were like, well, you can't apply for that job. They, you need a college degree. And I said, watch me. And I applied for the job and to make a long story short, I killed it in my interviews and I became the only salesperson that worked there that didn't have a college degree. So much so that, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty well known and I became, I, I killed it on the sales team. I uh, did amazing with my numbers and eventually ended up working for their competitor, which is when I gained to be that's one of the top three sales reps in the entire company. And mind you, during that time, I was eight months pregnant. So fast forward to had that job, got done with that. And when I became pregnant, was about five months pregnant looking for a job, got hired for their co- competitor. And within just a few months, made my way to the top three, uh, top three people in the entire company while I was eight months pregnant. So amazing. Okay. Here's another one. I've got so many more for you. I don't even know how this will end, but I'm just going to keep going. Are you guys just thinking I'm so crazy already by this time? So yeah, I mean, soon after I had my first sales job that I was telling you guys about, I went into, I went back into the, I went back into the bar industry. There was a offer that I couldn't refuse. I went back into that industry and right around that time, uh, after being there for a couple years, I actually, my, my job got eliminated. I had a blast, loved it. And my job got eliminated and I got let go. And right around that time, the government was giving grants for those people that wanted to go back and finish college. So I dove into figuring out how I could get accepted and it just took forever to get any results back. So what I was finding was that I needed an answer. I didn't have one. And I was also approaching the end date of when I could apply and sign up for classes at Aquinas. So I went back to the college that I dropped out of. I signed up for classes, not even knowing if I was going to get approved for this program. I went to classes. I don't know when the last time you've looked up what the college tuition rate is for Aquinas College, but it's not cheap. So I was already enrolled thinking, if I don't get this grant, I just lost my job this is not going to go well. And I just totally shifted my mindset 
to knowing that it was going to happen. And I was in classes. I started doing my homework. And within just a couple weeks of going to classes, I received the grant. And at the age of 30, 10 years after I dropped out of college, I graduated. I graduated Aquinas College with a Bachelor of Science in Business Arts. And it was unbelievable. And about a month later is when I found out I was pregnant and took that journey of that sales job that I was telling you about a little bit earlier. So that kind of took me to about when my son was, you know, my son was born. I had an emergency C-section with him, uh, went back to work, which I did not get any uh, maternity leave pay because I was at the, at the company for just a short amount of time. But when I went back to work there, that was when I really knew that I was good at sales, but it wasn't where I wanted to be forever. I just have the heart of an entrepreneur and I needed to figure out really what I was going to do for my life. And I knew something that interested me was the fitness industry. I didn't want to be a personal trainer because I was kind of thinking, well, you know, I want to be something a little bit unique, something that maybe people haven't heard of. I want to be in an industry that is a little unique. And I ended up Googling weird fitness certifications. I came across pole fitness and I thought to myself, you have got to be kidding me. This is not a thing. There's no way because if it was, I would have known about it by now. This is amazing. So I started to Google where the studio was in Grand Rapids. I realized there wasn't one. So I found a certification in Chicago, went, took my first pole class and lo and behold, about a year and a half later after having knee surgery and practicing pole in my basement, I started Flirt Fitness, and in 2013, I ran my first intro class, made my first dollar, and about three months later, maxed out on Groupon at 600 people, was the only employee that my company had, and I left the tiny little 500-square-foot space that I had and moved into a 2,500-square-foot space, signed a three- to five-year lease, expanded within a couple years, opened two more studios within two years of being open. And the rest, as all of you know, wowzers, was just completely history. By the time we had hit 2019, my business had done over half a million dollars in business, and I was just crushing it. And then, as we all know, COVID hit. So in 2019, I was I got pregnant again. Uh, I, as I'd mentioned before, I had an emergency C-section with my son, and I had a lot of pushback of people that didn't think I should have or go for a vaginal birth. And I knew in my heart, that's what my body could do. I knew it was capable. And, you know, again, to make a really long story short, I went after that. I took really good care of my body. And in seven and a half hours, my baby girl was born on March 17, 2020, healthy. We did our, uh, it was, she was born the day before the world shut down and we did her, we did our post uh, birth uh, let's see, meeting or appointment, I guess, if you will, via Zoom. Uh, I remember the, I remember the, uh, my midwife dropping off a scale at my door because I didn't even have a scale to weigh myself and I needed to weigh myself and the baby, my daughter. So I did all my post, my post baby appointments via Zoom for a little while because that was when the world shut down. So there I was, a brand new mom with a baby going through postpartum, the world shut down. And guess what that meant? My business that did a half million dollars in 2019 was shut down. And about six months later, we were able to reopen. Uh, and about a month after that, we were, we were in shutdown mode once again. And it was one of the most stressful times I have ever been through in my life. Uh, a lot of personal things happened during that time that I was in a really deep valley. 
And I just really knew that I needed to pivot. I needed to figure this out for my staff, for those that love the studio, you know, for myself. And I just really, I gave it to God and said, okay, I'm just going to take one step forward. I'm going to keep getting back up. I'm going to keep walking forward. And this is going to be up to you. And in 2000, it's now 2022, March of 2022, our business is back open. My business is back and running. I've got a staff of over 30 employees. I've got students and a student network of over 700 students. And we are almost, we're on our way and we are almost hitting 10 years in business. It's been amazing. It's been such an amazing journey. My point to this podcast is that if there is one way I could describe myself, and maybe this is you too, maybe you felt that you've just been knocked down over and over and over and over. Here's the way that I look at it. We've always got two options. You can stay knocked down and you can stay down or you can get back up. And if there's one way that I could describe myself, if somebody asked me to share one piece of imagery that always sticks with me, it's that I will always take one step forward. It's a visual visualization of a woman just lying on the ground, full of exhaustion, searching for hope. She's almost lost who she is. She feels so empty inside, but she gathers the smallest, and I'm talking sometimes the smallest, tiniest ounce of strength to press into all that she is challenged with, and she stands. So no matter where how, with whom, or why the odds are ever, ever stacked against me. And trust me, I have felt for a very long time that they have been and that that sometimes they still are. I know that I will fight to the end. I will face anything and everything that comes my way. And I will always learn from my mistakes. I'll see the good in all that I've been through. I'll cherish all of the lessons that I've learned I'll be so grateful for all of the people that helped me learn them along the way and I'll remain a warrior and I will continue to get up every single time. Until next time, be reminded that your past does not have to define your future and that you always have a choice to live a life redesigned. See you soon.